Hi folks, Bob Main here with another episode of today's Survival Show. Helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are, in the words of Teddy Roosevelt. Well, this week... I interviewed Teen Prepper from the forum. Now, he's been on this show once before. Mexican Joe interviewed him. This time, we talked about family preparedness. First of all, man, I wish we had more young people in the world like Teen Prepper. We're gonna t- you'll hear all about him if this is the first time you're, you're hearing him on my show. You might have heard him on some other podcasts as well. I wish we had a whole lot more young people. I think this country would be a lot better off, and I'd be less concerned about the future. If we had more, like teen prepper. But prepping is definitely a family thing. And I know some of you are going it alone. Some of you might be like Glenn Tate. You know, he wrote that Grant in the beginning, remember book one? In the beginning, Grant had to prep in secret because the rest of his family was not on board. And that might be your situation. You might get some ideas from this show on how to talk to your family about preparedness. If preparedness is a family way of life for you already, you'll get some good ideas from this interview with Teen Prepper. So, here we go. Well, my guest for this episode is Teen Prepper. He's very active on the forum. Uh, He's actually uh, been interviewed before by Mexican Joe, and he's been on some other podcasts on preparedness and survival. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, uh, Bob, for having me on today. No problem, no problem. You know what, for people who are sort of new to listening to my show, and maybe they didn't hear your other episodes or the other interviews that you've been on, you're a teenager, right? As of right now, yes. That would probably change in about six or seven months, but yeah. So you're 19? Yes, as of right now. But you know, the thing is, uh, and of course we're, we're recording this in January, uh, it'll go out in early February 2014, so if you happen to be listening to this way in the future, now you kind of got a perspective as to how old he is. I think that's really cool. I think it's really neat that you at 19 years old are, are into preparedness. What, what got you into that? Well, what really got me into it was the, financial situation we had and around 2007 2008 we had major banking problems and infrastructure um problems that were happening around america and that's what really got me into it now you're joining us from california right as of now yes as of now and you know i think so the banking problems got you into it and it seems like with most people there's some kind of an event that happens. There's some kind of a, a wake-up event. I call it a wake-up event where something wakes them up. You know, maybe they've had their head in the sand, weren't paying attention to prepping. Maybe they thought that preppers were yeah. weird people, fringe dwellers, right? Mm-hmm. And your wake-up event was a banking issue. Yes. Uh, how I saw this happening is I volunteer a lot at uh, community centers. Okay. Uh, like um, there is a food handout place for poor people. Okay. And I also volunteer at the library. And around that time, um, I saw a lot of, I saw a massive increase of people coming. Uh, It went from 40 to 30 to around 70 to 80, 90 sometimes. It was was a drastic increase. Wow. And it, 
it's even worse now. I say we get all like 120, 110 sometimes. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a significant number. Mm-hmm. And we're a small town. I'm pretty sure there is like, let's think of one, Oakland, Sacramento, um, you know, bigger cities. They probably have a massive increase as well. So you're in Northern California. As of right now, yes. <laughs> yeah, as of right now. Well, I like your subject that you want to talk about. You want to talk about family preparedness. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, family preparedness, uh, and I, I know what you're going to say. You got the idea from Glenn Tate's books, 299 Days, didn't you? Um, yep. Um, I, um, went, I read the first book, and I saw how uh, Grant had to uh, sneak around preparing. I just thought of ways to openly do it. <laughs> but you know what? Grant can probably relate to, or a lot of people can relate to Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Glenn Tate has said that he was basically writing about himself there. Mm-hmm. And so this episode is is marketed or it's, it's geared towards the people who have family members that are just not quite buying into prepping and survival, right? Yes, or are in the middle between preppers and non-preppers. Yeah, maybe they're kind of sitting on the fence, or they're in between, or they're almost there. So what do you want to say to those people? Well, you got to think of what your family is into. Uh, let's say you had a son named Joe, and you had a another son named Mark, you know. Um, and um, Joe is really good into computers. He loves researching stuff. Put him into, if he goes around with it, into um, finding out research, uh, finding out topics to bring up to the family, uh, maybe even weather events, too. Cool. That's good. Uh, Let's say Mark is into building stuff. Um, He likes cars, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Have him try to organize stuff, uh, make a list, you know, uh, of that kind of thing that he's into. Uh, you have to look into your family situation. Uh, not every family is the same. So there's not going to be a list. Yeah, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer to this. No. So, Teen, when you started getting involved in prepping, what about the rest of your family? Were they into it? Luckily, my family, since we are libertarians, have a open... Mindset. It took them a little while to get into it, but it was probably easier than most people's families will be. Okay. All right. Well, so you so you appeal to their interest. You you know you appeal to their interest and then ask them to do something like you said, like do some kind of research if they're into computers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That that's a good strategy. I mean, you know, what you're talking about there is something that. I've pretty much lived for almost 30 years, which that's just plain good old-fashioned salesmanship. Mm-hmm. And people will get interested in something that they like to do, and they'll get more and more, they'll get deeper into it. And you're, you have a better chance of persuading somebody if you can get them involved in doing something that they already like doing anyway. Yes, exactly. You know, uh, Another example would be is if your wife, she likes making food, um, have her make lists about, you know, what foods she feels that the family uses the most. 
Yeah. That would be a very good a thing for her to do. You know, I'll tell some people that one thing that helped out in my family, you know, when my wife started reading Glenn's books, she got a lot more interested in it. She's always been somewhat interested in prepping, but she got even more interested when she started reading the 299 Days series. And one thing that she's good at is she's very good at finances. So basically, she's pretty much in charge or taking the lead on our prepping finances. So that's kind of what you're talking about is find out what their interest is and give them an assignment, a prepping assignment in that area. Yep. But don't tell them that it's for prepping purposes. Just, you know, tell them that you want to get, you want to learn more about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't be, at, at first, don't be completely open about it because that will just push them farther away. Uh, you want to, like, say, well, um, I heard that you're into um, computer programming. Um, teach me about this, and let them kind of pull you through it. It's a lot easier to do it that way than you're directing them, um, since they're the person who, they're the people that know about this already. Let them, you know, direct you. Okay. Then how would you steer that towards prepping? Well, once they're into it, um, I would say, you know, maybe like a month into it, you know, them show me how to do this. I say, well, um, this could be used for this or this could be used for that. You know, you want you don't want to be completely open about it, but you want to slowly open it, kind of like a, a coke can. Okay. All right. That That's one good technique. What, what, what else do you suggest that people do because i hear this all the time teen prepper i get people emailing me all the time i mean not a month goes by where i don't get several emails from people saying that you know they are into prepping they understand that that basic survival is important but either they have a spouse or a son or daughter who's just not on board with it usually it's a spouse their spouse is not on board with it what else do you have for them okay well it depends on their family situation you know is your family into camping already? You know, that's that's, that's a very easy one to, to bring up if you're into camping. Yep. Um, just go on a camping trip and bring some of your, quote, prepping gear with you and show them how to use it. Yeah. And there's a good chance that they'll find some interest in it. Now, I understand that younger kids, since they're more open to things, would probably get into it faster. But, but you can do the same thing for teenagers okay. as well. Well, you being a teen or at the very end of your teen years, how would you appeal to teenagers? All right. Well, you have to look where they're into. Um, uh, if they're into firearms or outdoorly and stuff, it's really easy. If they're more of a computer um, dude, it would be a little harder. You know, maybe buy a solar panel type system so yeah. that we can plug it in. That will get them into it because it's something directly connected to what they're into or, or enjoy. You know, say, well, this when you're going someplace, you can bring this with you and use it. You can recharge your computer or your laptop. Okay. That's one thing. You want to get something that's directly related to what they're into. What if it's somebody that's like a teenager that's into sports and all they care about sports? Well, you could 
All right, this is one I never thought of, but I am thinking on the top of my head. If they're into sports, they're probably not going to be picky about things. Try to get them, like, if they're into martial arts, that's a very good one to use. Or if they're not into martial arts, if they're into basketball, uh, show them martial arts stuff. Because that is a sport. And it is actually a very mental and physical sport. And if they're into sports already, they might get into that. Right. Yeah. And I think that once they're going down that line, they're thinking about situations like self-defense, which you will be doing that in martial arts, will open them up to more and more things. Because a lot of people have... Um, they don't think about it until it's too, until it's too late. And, and if you can open up their mind a little bit so that they adjust to it slowly, it'd be a lot easier. Well, you bring up a good point, Teen Prepper. You know, my son's done martial arts for years. He's been training. You know, and I think about this. You know, wh why do people take martial arts or why and, and stuff like that? The biggest reason I think most people take martial arts is because they want to learn self-defense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there's a there's a good mental development component to it, and yes, the, it, it keeps you physically in good shape. But when it comes down to it, probably the majority take martial arts because they want to learn some hand-to-hand -hand or person-to-person self-defense. Yes. Right. That are uh, exercising as well. Yeah. So, and, and why does a person want to know self-defense? Well, I I kind of put it this way. If you are a believer in self-defense, whether it's with a gun or martial arts or whatever, in a sense, you're a prepper. You, that's, that's part of your preparation. You're preparing yourself for an awful day that might happen where somebody attacks you. Mm -hmm. So they're preppers and they don't know it. Yes, you're, you're slowly opening up their mindset to allow... Um, the prepping mindset go into their very thought process. And then maybe you segue from, okay, well, I know you know how to defend yourself and you like to defend yourself. Have you ever thought, have you ever thought about what would happen at home if our power went out? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, or like, um, you can also say, well, now that you have tried um, kickboxing, how about we go to the firing range? It'd be a extension of the martial arts. There you go. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Let's go to the firing range. That's an extension of your martial arts. Mm -hmm. Or what? There's one thing I really want to get into, and that is knife fighting. That's something I really haven't got into, but I think that would be another good extension as well. Yeah, you know, let me make a comment about all this stuff. A lot of people who listen to my show, especially if they listen to both shows, they know that I'm a firearms trainer on the side, and I, I teach for Suarez International, and I also teach independently. And we call it martial arts with a gun. That's really what it is. And what we teach is martial arts. But instead of you using your fists, instead of using your feet or your elbows, you're using a firearm. Same thing, just a different tool. Yep. So... We're staying on the family preparedness topic. What do you guys do together as a family? Well, one one way we get together is we play a lot of board games. Okay. A lot of families, they have a tendency to 
um, watch TV. That's not, that's not as bad as you can get. Um, I know some people that um, eat dinner and other meals separately in their own rooms, and they have as little to do with each other as possible. That's not I, good. It's not good at all. You um, you want to be able to get your family closer because that's going to be your primary support team. Right. Um, they may not be the best support team. They may not be um, uh, Harvard engineers or uh, Navy SEALs, but they're your family, the people that you should be able to trust the most. Theoretically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not always the case, but yeah, no. theoretically. But what you're saying is being together, playing the board games and things like that. It board helps. Board games, uh, camping trips, um, car trips, even you know, just these things that get the family together. It helps to build more trust. Yes. Okay. Um, how old were you when you started getting into common sense survival? I first really got into it around 14, 13. Uh, that's when I bought my first backpack, and I thought I was going to be able to survive in the woods, but then I thought differently. <laughs> <laughs> but what motivated you to buy that backpack and think you could survive in the woods? Well, because um, I watched a lot of um, survival-type TV shows, like Survival Man, Bear Grylls, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And I figured that that would be the easiest way to do it. But then I, around, I was around 16, I found out that it's actually a very stupid first, um, first plan. Okay. Interesting. And you know, the, um, I, I, I bet a lot of people listening to this that have kids, they probably thought, or especially if they have older kids, are probably thinking, oh man, I wish my kid would have got into this when they were 13 or 14. That's just amazing. I mean, again, again, I'm amazed, and I and I congratulate you for for looking into this. So, where do you think where do you think in terms of family preparedness? Where do you think people are going wrong? They are they're either pressuring their family to, to doing it um, too hard on the pressure, or they are going through the extreme. On things like uh, conspiracy theories, that kind of thing. You know, um, I, I know that's not everybody, but um, I do think that you need to do some <coughs> things like earthquakes, um, drought, that kind of thing. You know, that that would is an easier thing to think of because you see that on the news. You don't see uh, financial collapses and EMPs happening all the time. Gee, I, I happen to know a guy that does a podcast that keeps it very much rooted in common sense. And, you know, he doesn't go tinfoil hat and he keeps it in common sense. He keeps it down to earth and doesn't get into a whole lot of conspiracy theories. You ever heard of that guy? Um, I know a couple. <laughs> you, for, for one. And I know um, a couple other ones as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was, I was, I was being tongue in cheek there. Um, I, I think that's appealing to people. It's appealing when you're common sense, when you're down to earth, when you don't go tinfoil hat, when you talk about common occurrences rather than kind of less common, somewhat wacky sounding occurrences. 
yeah, it's a, it's a lot easier to think of that. Um, if you live in an earthquake zone, just show them a map of the fault lines. That'll get them thinking. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Show them, so show, show them how, how vulnerable the area is. Hey, sorry for the pause there. We had a break in the uh, reception and had a few technical difficulties. But we're back online. You're back with me, aren't you, Teen? Yep, I'm here right now. Okay, so if you're if you're talking family preparedness with somebody, let's say you're talking to another family that doesn't really prep much. What do you say to them? Uh, do you mean somebody not in your inner family, someone that's in like a cousin or uncle? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, actually, this actually is a very good topic. Um, for Christmas last year, 2013, um, I made emergency packets for Christmas. Nice. I made everybody a red binder that had a emergency patch on it. And it had basic contact information, uh, basic emergency lists. Um, Red Cross stuff, um, that, that kind of thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you made them a little emergency packets, and those were the Christmas gifts. Yep, and it was the only thing that it really cost were the binders and, and the ink and paper. What, what kind of response yeah. did you get to those gifts? Um, pretty much everybody was happy about that. Um. Uh, most, since it wasn't anything crazy, I think they were more open to it. Cool. What did you put in those binders? Um, just uh, contact information for people to put in, um, um, emergency lists, uh, basic information about um, electrical problems, um, earthquakes, that kind of thing. Nice. So did you give them, like... Did you give them information like on some very basic common disasters that can happen in their area and how to deal with them? Yep, exactly. Um, I didn't get really into uh, tsunamis or anything like that because that's very uncommon here. Yeah. But um, I did put a lot of earthquake preparedness stuff. Because that is common there. Mm-hmm. In Northern California, that's common. Yes, it's very common. So you got a good reception to that because it wasn't anything that was weird and it was kind of you're appealing to their their level of common sense. Yes. Um, it wasn't anything to do with uh, martial law or aliens taking over the world or anything like that. It was just basic information that people think about most of the time you know, if they're thinking at all. <laughs> a teen prepper, did you get a reaction from any of them that kind of wondered, wow, I can't believe this young relative of ours is is really thinking about this kind of stuff. Um, honestly, they kind of just um, said, thank you very much, and that's about it. But I kind of got the feel that they were surprised about it. Yeah. But they didn't really mention it. Because I, I believe that probably 99% of people your age are, are not thinking about this at all. They got, they're, they're just totally clueless and out of it and not even paying attention to it. Uh, I think the only exception to that is the, 
is possibly Boy Scouts and Venture Crew members. Right. That's probably the only um, um, change in that mindset since they're thinking about that. Okay. But I, I definitely do not think it is to the same as we do on the show. What do you mean by that? Uh, I think it's more like um, wilderness survival. Um, I, they, I have read some stuff about home survival in the Boy Scout manual. Yeah. But it is mainly geared to wilderness first aid and yeah. wilderness survival. Yeah, a lot of it is. You're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what, what else is on your mind when it comes to family survival? Well, I, I definitely think that if family, if you you if you know somebody else who's into preparedness, right, and they have a family, you should see if you can connect with each other. And and how would you suggest going about doing that? Well, it'd be a lot easier if at least one of them was friends already. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, that's not true. Maybe see if you can get, get get your wife or husband to invite them over to like a, a barbecue or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that is a that's it's that's a traditional uh, meet and greet um, type of uh, scenario. Okay. Um, so you meet, and then what do you do? How do you start striking up a conversation about about common sense survival? Well. Um, it'd be a lot easier if, if they were already into it already, but the most cases, they're probably not. Um, right. You can, to see if they are, you could maybe wear some prepper clothing, like a paracord bracelet. And if they know what that is, there's a good chance they're either into firearms, prepping, or something self-alliance-based. Okay. Another thing you should you can do is like subtle hints, like did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Did you hear about China is uh, about to take the Philippines over? Something like that. You know, just some small things. To to young people, you mean? No, no. I mean, like if you're a adult. Oh, I got you. Okay. Um, for kids, it, it'd be a lot harder since I have um, I. I would definitely maybe use Facebook and, and Twitter and YouTube to share videos that you feel would support their interests. Okay, I'm dying to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. You're 19 years old. When you're talking to some adults about preparedness, do they give you the attitude like, hey, you know what, you're only 19 years old, you're just a kid, what do you know? Honestly, I think they would have a harder time um, uh, thinking of me as a preparedness person if I didn't know so much about it. Well, that's true. Because I have done my research. I have at least equal to what they have in some aspects of other knowledge. Uh, well, I agree that you, you know so much about it and you've done a lot of research, but... I just, man, I know how adults are. I know how a lot of them are. It doesn't matter how much you know. You're 19. You're a kid. They have a tendency probably to just discredit what you're going to say. Yeah. I call that the uh, diaper syndrome. 
when they're old enough to be able to change their diapers when you're a baby, they discredit you. There you go. Um, it's very difficult to be, since I th- think about this for me, since I have never had to deal with that. But you're I, lucky. Go ahead. You're lucky. Yeah, I am pretty lucky. Um, the few preparedness people I know have were probably shocked that I was into it, but didn't really discredit me. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, especially since I brought up things that they had no clue about, like uh, gasifier generator and uh, you know the hydro power. Yep. You know, so like, oh, that's kind of cool. I had no clue about that. You know, it. I think definitely if you're talking to somebody that is in preparedness, but is maybe like in their, is definitely has the diaper syndrome. Yeah. You you should do the same thing with what your like your parents. You know, do it slowly. Like get them used to you because it's they're not used to probably people your age. You know. Um, preparing. There are, I think the average, uh, preparedness, um, age is like around 40. You're probably right. And, you know, when I first heard about you, and actually when I first heard your other interviews on other podcasts, you know, I thought, you gotta be kidding. This guy's 19? No way. You know, but, you know, I realized, hey, it, it's probably true and he's a, he's a rarity. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's becoming less of a rarity. It's still a rarity. But if you go on YouTube and type in um, teen preppers or prepper teen, which that actually is my name on YouTube, but there is at least, from what I can find, seven other preppers that are in my age group. So prepper teen is your name. What's going to happen? What are you going to call yourself when you're 20 years old? I'm actually planning on doing a contest to uh, get some names, since I am having a hard time thinking of a name that's what I'm into. <laughs> yeah. So I, I might, like, uh, give somebody a CB radio or, or something if they um, can think of a cool name. Yeah, yeah. All right, now let me ask you something. You mentioned it early in the, in the uh, interview here. You mentioned that you're a libertarian, and mm-hmm. I don't like to get into politics too much on this show. And I'm really not going to ask you a political question, but since you pay attention to politics, I've been, I've been wanting to know this from someone in, in your age group. From the people that are in your age group, what, is, what are their political, their general political leanings right now? Okay, I have to say it's probably 15% or so Republican look because their parents or some other factors. Uh, Maybe 30 for Democrat, liberal type feel, and the rest is either non-political or libertarian or some other uh, third party, like a Tea Party or the Green Party. Did you I say? Think, did you say 50 percent Republican? I said 15 percent. Okay, 15, and then you got about say that again about about 15 percent Republican, and what else? 15 percent Republican. 30 or so liberal, democratic, um, and the rest is a mixed bunch of non-political people or third party. Okay. Yeah, and there's probably a pretty large group of non-political. They just don't give a hoot, right? 
that or they just do don't like it any system. I actually know a lot of people in my age group that know of it, but they do not like any political party because it's not how they look at, at, at the world. How do they look at the world? They're, they like the free aspects of the libertarian, but they like having some control. Control over what? Um, over themselves and some kind of government control. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I, honestly, I'm, I'm in the middle. Like, um, I see I'm not biased to anybody, but um, I actually, yeah, but they're definitely thinking around that range. So, all right. That's interesting. I've always wanted to know what's going through their heads. You know, because I... If I think back to when I was 19, I would have been put into the group that didn't really care. I didn't care much. When I was 19 years old, I didn't care much about politics. I didn't care much about current events. I didn't care much about the world around me. You know, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that I was being brought up as a self-sufficient person. I was still living at home at 19. Well, wait, no, actually, I wasn't. I was in college. Uh, I was in college, but I went home a lot. And... Um, but I always, I was brought up kind of the way I was brought up being self-sufficient. I thought pretty much everybody was that way. And I realized real quickly once I got off on my own that not everybody was that way. Yeah, it, it's definitely a mind opener. At first, when I got into it and started thinking about what's happening around the world, I thought that most people thought this way. But it's complete opposite, you know. Um, very few people... Um, either have the time or want to have the time to put into any kind of research. Right. Um, but and think about it. Most people watch at least two hours of TV each day. If they cut that in half, they could have an hour finding out what's going on in the world. Because you'd be surprised. If most people found out how many uh, crimes are happening around them, they would have a gun. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah, for example, um, um, near one of our towns nearby had had the SWAT team called it. Really? There was a massive um, drug raid. Wow. Yeah. In a town nearby? Yeah. And it, it's, it's happening a lot more because, well, it has to do a lot of it because the police are getting their hours cut, and some of the police officers aren't even given guns anymore. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Another ridiculous thing is my town just got its first um, uh, mid-wrap. First what? Uh, you know those um, anti-explosive military vehicles that yeah. you see in Afghanistan? Yeah. Yeah, well, it, we can't afford police officers, but we can have one of those. Yeah, that's, that's some messed up priorities. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Well, I wanted to, you know, we're coming towards the end of the time limit here, but I wanted to bring you on, because I wanted people to hear, first of all, I wanted, to hear, wanted them to hear from you again at, at, the, at the young age of 19, and it's great. I mean, boy, I wish, we had, I wish we had millions of people in your age group thinking like you. Yeah. I wish that, too. It would be a lot easier to talk to people if there was a ultra-majority. But I'm actually, I'm actually 
talking to more people, getting interested in it. You know, there there will probably never be as interested as I am. But I know three people that I've been working on the last two years, and they're starting to see my way a little bit. Excellent. Excellent. Just keep talking to them. And, um, all right, well, let's go ahead and conclude this interview. But before I let you go, I want people to know... Teen Prepper's on the forum. He's very active on the forum, and I want to thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. And no problem. Um, uh, Joe and everybody else on there are very fun to talk to. Yeah, they are fun. We have a good group of people on there. The, the regulars are a good group of people, and you know, I keep getting a lot of requests for new people on the forum and things like that, so it's it's good. You know, By Internet standards, our forum is relatively small, but uh, we're, we're very active and very friendly and very informative. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of like the fact that we're small because sometimes when forums get too big, they get out of control. Yeah, for example, uh, nothing to do with the the tribal podcast, but its forum is massive, and it's very flip-floppy. What does that mean? Uh, It means uh, uh, some people can go on tangents for no reason. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not picking on that podcast at all. I mean, I like I like what Jack does over there, but um, I like what Jack does. But a lot of forums, a lot of large forums are like that. A lot of very large forums get out of control, and people go on tangents, and they're not very well controlled. Yeah. Um, uh, I was on there. Uh, nothing to do the po- Nothing to do with the forum. They have some really nice people over there. But I saw one guy yelling for a, for about two pages about aliens taking over. America. No kidding. No, no like, it, it was on the conspiracy, you know, a theory form area, but, you know, that's just, you know, a part of it. Well, if it's a, if it's a forum, if it's a sub-forum dedicated yeah. to conspiracy theories, and yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to read that stuff, then don't go to that sub-forum. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I was very adventurous that day, and I would probably not be that adventurous ever again. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, and when I say that our forum is controlled, I want people to know you can say what you want. You know, I, I don't condone any foul language, but you can say whatever you want. Just keep it on topic. That's all I ask. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if it's a water filter form part, don't don't start um, blabbing about fire construction. Yeah. Or, or, and then don't start attacking somebody personally. You know, if they say something you don't agree with, that's fine. Tell them that you don't agree with them, but don't make it a personal attack upon them. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep it um, kind, but open as well. Very good. Teen Prepper, thanks for coming on the show. I very much appreciate it. And no problem, Bob. Thank you for having me on. Good luck. Okay, many thanks to Teen Prepper. He's on the forum, and I start a thread, and I start a sub-forum on comments about the podcast. If you go to my forum and look at the sub-forum, comments about podcasts, I start a thread for every show, and I'm sure he'll be on there. So if you have questions for Teen Prepper, you want to talk to him, uh, check it out. By the way, you probably noticed that this show does not have commercials. I don't have a bunch of sponsors. I don't spend a large portion of the podcast talking about sponsors and people that want to sell you stuff and all that. So the only way this show gets supported is by generous listeners like you. One way you can do that, then it doesn't cost you any extra money, folks. 
buy off of my Amazon store whenever you decide to make an Amazon purchase. If you decide you want to buy something on Amazon, first of all, go to todayssurvival.com. That's todayssurvival.com. There's two S's in that. todayssurvival.com. Go there and click the page that says Amazon Store. You'll see a direct link, and you might want to save that link, bookmark it, for every time you decide to purchase through Amazon. You can also buy one of my Survival Champions Club podcasts, and you'll see that, and you'll see, if you click the Survival Champions Club page on my website, you'll see what those are all about, and what the topic matter is, and how much they are, and things like that. So those are ways that you can support the show. Uh, if you have any questions about that, you can always email me, bob at todayssurvival.com. You can also leave me a voicemail three minutes in length. Um, I'll give you a voicemail number you can use, 210-646-1727. I use it for both of my podcasts, 210-646-1727. I'd love to hear from you by voicemail if you want. Keep in mind, if you leave me a voicemail, I will put you on the show unless you specifically tell me not to use your voicemail on the show. And then I'll have some comments or or answer some of your questions and, and make some comments on what you put on the voicemail. Well, with all that said, and with this interview now in the books, thanks again for listening to another episode of today's Survival Show. I'm Bob Main. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.